Hey guys, we are back. Another episode of the Black and Blue Podcast. I am Ken Wadike from the Free Hugs Project with my man Chris. Who he'll tell you guys who he is as he always does. So I'm not you know. <laughs> No man, I just uh, every episode we uh, we complete. It's just so inspiring to, to sit across the table with you, to think that we were brought together in chaos, but we're so like-minded. So I'm Chris Swanson. I'm the sheriff of Genesee County, and uh, this is where change happens absolutely, right here. Absolutely. We talked about Sharonda. Yeah, that last episode was good, and, and we segued into yeah. Sharonda, actually in the beginning and the end. Yeah. So now let's, let's, let's talk about it. Um, so you had posted a video on your social media of you at the ATM and and this woman who was just filled with such yeah. joy when you got there mm-hmm. and not only was like she lit up and, and motivated when, yeah. when she saw you but you as well yeah. and so I, I think that the fact that it led to us all going to meet her and by the way her laugh oh gosh it is so contagious that when she laughs people have to laugh as well but it sounds like the comments after you posted yeah. that video that there are other people in the community that knew her for her joy yeah right so is that what you were yeah i'm gonna play it on my microphone okay it's cool. only about a 55 minute video but but everything you just said 55 minute i mean video. 55 seconds sorry oh. instagram sorry <laughs> so how'd you put that on there <laughs> i uh I mean, I, I just went to the eight to, it was a, uh, a video teller, you know, and, and I just needed to cash a check. Yeah. And as soon as she came on, she's like, Hey, Sheriff. And I'm like, what? She's like, we just love what you're doing. Yeah. She was just super nice. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I take, I take my phone out. I'm like, I got to cut a video with you. Okay. Oh my gosh. And, and you'll hear what I'm talking about. Just check this out. You know what brings me joy is when I go to the bank and I meet other folks that I just love. This is Sharonda. What's up? We <laughs> We've been having this conversation in the drive-thru. Cars are probably backed up, but I don't care because we just love life, don't we? (laughs) This is the happiest teller in all of the United States. That's Sharonda. (laughs) I love it, Chris. You the vibe.com. That's it. Hey, everybody, go find somebody like Sharonda and Swanson and make it a great day. We love you. That's awesome. (laughs) So... I immediately contacted you guys. You yeah. were in California. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, we got to go bless this girl. Yeah. Because I posted it, Ken, and the comments just about people who had already been at the bank sometime in the last year yeah. that she's made such an impact. Like, do you know what teller you ran into two months ago when yeah. you went to the bank? No, but everybody knew Sharonda. So yeah. I'm like, we got to blow her doors off. That's really cool. And yeah. you guys did. Yeah, so we, we flew in and, and we still had leftover funds from our holiday walk with us. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, let's just continue blessing people over time as as need seems uh, <laughs> uh, fit for it. And, um, and, and so when you brought her up and we were like, yeah, let's do it. And so uh, we, we flew in not only to... Right. more episodes of the podcast, right. but also to to connect with her. And it's funny because she didn't know what was going to happen. And at first, uh, it was all just joy and, and laughter. And then all of a sudden, she moved to tears yeah. because just being... And it's always so interesting to me sometimes, people who just laugh and laugh and laugh, because I have a godmother like that. She's just always laughing. Yeah. But then when, when they're moved to tears, it's yeah. like, wow, that's really from the heart. From, it takes a lot person. to push those people exactly. to that plateau. Yeah. So Sharonda is probably, I'd guess she's probably in her 30s, would you think? Late, yeah, mid to late 30s. There. Yeah, mid 30s. She's married to her husband, and uh, he uh, has some medical issues, and they've got two beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. They're married. Mm-hmm. 
they live in a in a house in the north end of the city Flint and, and from my town mm-hmm. that that like five mile swath of land is murder capital yeah. of Genesee and Flint. Wow. And she's right there planted it, has a mortgage, owns her house. And uh, you guys were able to do something super cool. So yeah. what did you do? Yeah. Um, so you, from knowing what possibly the cost of her mortgage would have been or estimating that, yeah. you said, you know, let's let's cover her mortgage up through June. And this is February. It's February. Fe- March, April, May, June. Yeah. Four months. Yeah. To have that, that stress yeah. lifted off of you. And I, I think that's why it moved her yeah. so much was, was to be able to say, you know, for four months, don't even think about your mortgage. Yeah. Take care of your family. Do some other things with with that money. And we got to thank Adam on this too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Adam is here with us again. By the way, from the uh, the legend. holiday walk with us and the things that we've been doing with Patel. Yeah. And even aside from that, yeah. and and I know we weren't going to share. We had discussed downstairs, but he did you see the uh, the proposal that he put together for what we're working on with the dude? Listen, I have a master's from U of M, and I had to like. I got a headache in page three. I'm like, who puts this <laughs> so together? Much. I was thinking the same thing. Seriously, yeah. I'm not kidding you. I was impressed. Yes, yeah, I was impressed. Yeah. So I'm glad he didn't ask us to do that. Oh, it would have been on the back it of a been napkin. Crayons. <laughs> <laughs> we got time for that. With grease stains on it because we're constantly on the go. We're like, were you eating oh, French fries God. on this That's document? Right. You got a plane. You have an extra pair of pa- a piece of paper. I got to write something for now. Yeah, it's well done. No, no joke. So. um, I, and I read it on the plane. It was my yeah. first time reading it. And he's probably had this thing put together. He and Christina were working back and yeah. forth on it for weeks. I know. And I'm sure they were probably upset that we didn't check it out right away. I know. Did you? I did. Right away? Only because we've been communicating. Okay. Yeah. So so I got it, but I was like, I have a million things going yes. on right now. I didn't open it until on the plane oh, coming here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as I'm reading it, I felt so bad that I took so long to read it. And, and by the way, just to clarify for people that are watching, this document was basically writing out our vision and next steps for growing the work that we're doing. Yeah. Here, right. So the black and blue, the um, uh, free hugs project, walk with us, yeah. all of it, like turning it into something that can get you all involved, even as yeah. v- viewers, like to participate in some of these things and, with us. And to explain who Adam is, it's it's like we're Charlie's angels yes. and he's Charlie. Absolutely. And uh, we're like Batman and Robin and yeah. he's Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's right. It, right? Because he comes yeah. with, with the power of this group Patel yeah. that, that we represent. Where And we've mentioned that yeah. before. It's a, a group of CEOs and, and thought leaders that just want to make the world a, a better place. And you need people like Adam to rein in wild horses. Structure. Structure. We need <laughs> structure. Yeah. You and I we're like, move a mile a minute. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyhow, thanks brother. We yeah, love you. Ab- yep. Absolutely. And so there, just to know that there's groups like that, right? The yeah. social justice um, task force and, and other groups. I've always wondered, Adam, are you part of YPO? No? Okay. Do you know what YPO is? I'm about to. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's like the next level of what Patel is. They're called the Young Presidents Organization. And I became familiar with them because you remember that time I called out Dwayne Clark when we were yeah, working yeah, on the guy his friend? Yeah. Exactly. And so he's part of a group called YPO where you have to be of a certain net worth Got to it. be a part of that group. But they also are change makers, thought leaders. Want so to they're wealthy the influencers that have the ability to make change big time yeah right no. and so so there's just to know that there are groups like that because we were talking about in the car on the way here that sometimes whenever people mention 
kind of like secret societies, it's mm-hmm. kind of viewed as a bad thing when really, like you said, yep. it's, sometimes there's wealthy influencers, CEOs, bosses. And you know that, what? I'm telling you, I don't see that as a downside, especially if their motives are pure because if I am trying to talk to somebody and we, I guarantee you'll relate to this. If I'm trying to talk to somebody at a level that has vision, that has movement and speed that they don't they don't connect with, yeah. I'm freaking them out. Exactly. But if I can talk to somebody like boom, 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 and you get, get it. it. That's, that's how, what that that's is. how Adam was, right? Yep. Because Adam saw yep. what I was trying to do with the Free Hugs Project, saw yep. what we're trying to do together yep. with, with Black and Blue, yep. and he was one of the few people that just understood it. He was actually the the, the voice that pitched the Walk With Us Christmas Spectacular. Exactly. And yep. then you come off, and I was just like, what? So we were able to do that for Sharonda, and, uh, and when she cried, bro, Free hugs kicked in. Yeah, yeah. You you have to embrace people like that. And I'm sure there's going to be people that uh, are going to see that clip and they'll get mad at us for not wearing masks and stuff like that. I, I get that all the time. I'm, I'm vaccinated, sure bro. You get into, are you really? Yeah, yeah, I'm vaccinated. You took the vaccine? 100%. I've been scared. I, I don't want to like, grow something extra on Dude, me. Dude, <laughs> it's the smartest people in the world that are putting together. I know. Yeah, I'm not even worried about it. And guess yeah. how many... And, and by the way, in my official position i'm also the emergency manager for the county yeah and uh, i spearheaded the actual distribution yeah. of the vaccines to the people so we're vaccinating 18 1900 people just like today we recorded we're vaccinating guess how many people have died from the vaccines in Genesis county none yeah so like goes back to our episode before yeah don't believe what other people say find out for yourself ask questions but yeah. People Man, are I, still going to get mad at us about the masks vaccine or not though yeah you know that's that, fine right? yeah. i i mean i i look at it as um you know, uh, it's 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 one of those things that'll always be controversial, yeah. and uh, I respect people. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that moment, you know that barrier, uh, the risk benefit. It was more important for her to see my face yeah. and to engage. I still stayed socially distanced until the picture, but yeah. I got caught up. I was verklempt with emotion. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, <laughs> I mean, and, and that's right. my defense for it as well. Yeah. Sometimes you just get caught up in the moment, and, and we can't always get so upset at. Hey, I got to tell you something. Did you notice something too? When when she met us at the driveway, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't know what was happening. Mm -hmm. So she's a mother protecting her flock. Yes. And so she was there. As funny as she is, you know, she's still, she's, she's mama bear, right? Totally. And her husband's back there just kind of watching. He doesn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. He never met me, right? And then as soon as that interaction happened with you and Adam and me, he came up. I saw that. Yeah. He came up and he said, man, let's just do this a big hug. And uh, the pride of a a man could be like, this, I'll take it. I'll be responsible. Mm -hmm. But I think the whole time, without even talking to him, the whole time, he's just kind of scoping things out. Yeah. And like, am I going to let my guard down? Mm. And, uh, And so it's that slow dance we talked about where... We have to earn people's trust and favor. Yeah. And you only do that by actions. Yeah. Well, even beyond actions, um, <clears throat> it, it goes into this conversation about uh, going outside of our tribes into other tribes and being able to connect with, with other people, right? If, okay. So explain tribes. Tribes. I mean, so, so to the folks. Because uh, how polarizing and divisive things have been, people have decided to take sides and join tribes, yep. right? So like I'm on side black, so I'm only going to do all things black and BLM and right. free. And all my all friends are things. cops and I'm going to wear cop gear and all I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. you know, 
Yep. Right. And so, Which so not. right. And, and so in, in me either, I don't align with a lot of groups because I'm like, here's my vision for the things that I, I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'll have conversations with other groups. And sometimes reaching outside of your tribe is just that I'll come have conversations right, with the police, right. Black Lives Matter, with right. this group, that group. I'll, I'll talk to members of the KKK. Right. Because if there's things that I can educate or inform people on, I'm not going to say the thing that you represent causes me to just, nope, don't want to yeah. have anything to do. Dude, with that's so expect smart. them to change then. Right. So sometimes yeah. we have to. I bet you they respect cost. that, too. Heck, yeah, they do. I've yeah. got like messages yeah. from people yeah. like that that are like, hey, I, I met you at that rally and yeah. I enjoyed the conversation yeah. that we had. And that's strange you, to tell you. You know this. why I know that works? Because I saw it live. They hit 3.2 billion people in 48 hours yeah. where, where you stepped across the line. You're like, listen, I, I want to hear from you. Exactly. And in like one of the breaks of one of our episodes, Adam's like, listen, it's also important to when you ask somebody a question that you listen, listen not in your lens, yes. but listen to what they're saying. Even if you don't, you're like, how, maybe they can explain something that you didn't even see. Yeah. And, uh, and so when you just said that, that's a very controversial group, mm-hmm. but yet they enjoyed the conversation because totally. probably you respected and you listened on yeah. both ends. Here's, here's a, a, a interesting story. And I, I feel like I always have these stories of things that have happened to me. So I was in um, North Carolina and I was speaking at a school, right? And after I had spoken at, at this school, uh, I finished my talk late at night. And I usually, I never go to the Waffle House. I like, no diss on the Waffle House. Hopefully we're not going to make them sponsors in the future, but I think Waffle House sucks. I'm an IHOP guy. Ooh, okay, <laughs> right? all right. I, so yeah. anybody that loves I, like okay. the uh, Waffle House, have you sat down and talked to them? <laughs> Come on, man. Have just, you asked them why they're never, not IHOP? I've just never had good service right. there. IHOP is the truth. Their pancakes are amazing. I'm like, it's my favorite restaurant. I know. We've talked about it before. Right? Like and literally out of any fancy restaurant that I can go you to. just win the Nobel down. Peace Prize. Someone's going to take you out to the dinner let's go to IHOP <laughs> gotta have a country fried steak and some pancakes right? oh my gosh so so like and yeah even if someone like all the money in the world yeah. was like I want to take you actually you know what's a funny story I did I tell this last time about a well, time you, when I was hanging out with Dwayne and um we had it sounds back, familiar so we were coming back from a, a Seahawks game uh we're in his Rolls Royce right he's in like this half million dollar custom Rolls Royce and I was talking about my favorite restaurant how it was IHOP he goes Kenny me too, but my wife won't let me go. Oh, that, and I no. was like, Dwayne, we're going to IHOP right now. He goes, you can't tell Therese. Oh my like, gosh. We pull up in a half a million dollar Rolls Royce parked outside of IHOP to oh, go have a hilarious. $9 breakfast. And everyone's looking out the window. How this black dude and this white guy are <laughs> stepping out of this custom car. That's funny. who we are, why we're there in this convertible oh Rolls. And we had a $9 breakfast and, and left. It was right? the best. And still, Therese doesn't know this. So if she ever watches this episode, we didn't yeah, really go to the house. Sure. We were, so you're back to Waffle House. Yeah, okay, so we're at the, I'm at the Waffle House. It is maybe 11 o'clock at night. So nothing was open, so I had to go to the Waffle House. And I'm in this part of North Carolina where this school was, where there wasn't a lot of brothers around. So I walk into this restaurant. And as I walk in, I was wearing um, my Free Hugs jacket. Mm-hmm. And I walk in and, and I sit down. It, it looked very like the type of place Ken shouldn't be at 11 o'clock at night, right? And so the waitress walks up. She was super country. And and I don't know if she was like, I couldn't tell if she was 
just being herself or if she was kind of rude, right? But there's these um, motors, these biker-looking white guys. This is like a movie. It seemed that way, right? But this okay. is real life, right? These biker-looking white guys, they're sitting at the little um, booth. Yeah, oh yeah, I was just going to say, they had to be sitting at the bar with the little booths. Totally, right? Yeah. So they're at the booth. And they all and, look over. Yeah, no, they didn't only look over. So because I'm the only brother in the place and there's like four of these white guys in there that look like that, right? Like the big beards and all that stuff. So I go and sit down. She takes my order. I'm looking peripherally and these guys are staring at me the whole time and then they start whispering to each other. And I was like, shoot, I should just leave. I don't even feel comfortable here, right? <laughs> so after she takes my order, then she goes over to them and then like they call her in and then they're talking but low. And then... Um, and you are the topic of the conversation. I knew it by that point, right? That they are talking about me. And so um, one of the guys gets up and he comes over to my table oh, and I was like, shoot, I knew I shouldn't have come to the Waffle House, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the guy sits down and he goes, we were all talking about that free hugs logo on, on your shirt. This is years ago. This is yeah, 2016, yeah, so yeah. no pandemic or anything. He goes, we were talking about the, the free hugs logo on your shirt. And um, he said, I looked it up on my phone and he said, is this you? And I said, yeah, that, that's me. And... Um, he said, you know, I've, I've had a lot of questions about BLM and, and I didn't know who to ask. And he goes, do you represent them as well? And I said, no, I, I don't um, represent BLM. I just represent the Free Hugs Project. And he sat there and we spoke for like 40 minutes, me and this guy, right? The other people who were sitting at the counter didn't even get up. It was just he was the me leader. and him. He, he was, was the probably leader. the leader. 100%. Totally, right? But... It, from the point from when I ordered my meal to my meal came and I'm sitting there and I'm eating my food. He's got his coffee there. We're talking at 11 something at night just about the the divide and how he wants to understand BLM and he wants to understand other communities. And it was funny because I was like, I have never sat down across like at a table wow. with someone that looks like you, right? Yeah. And and his country accent. <laughs> yeah, it was like black and country instead of black and blue. If we call him right now, be you would you would struggle to understand his Carolina accent, accent. just how deep in, in the country he's from, right? Yep. And so he's like, guys like you don't come around here a lot, right? And I was like, yeah, I know. I was just speaking at this school. I'm ready to bounce. <laughs> and he's like, why, man? You should stick around. And so we exchanged numbers and we became friends. Oh my god. Would gosh. you believe the next day Literally the next day, I'm speaking at the University of South Carolina. So I'm still in the Carolinas. Keith Lamont Scott gets shot, leads to the 2016 oh Charlotte, North Carolina riots. The viral video of me hugging Chris yes. happened the, that next night. As I'm driving back from the riots after the whole interaction between me and Chris yeah. and, and everything that went down I'll take there, one of those hugs. I'll take that hug and then the protesters yep. going against me. I'm driving back to my hotel. Now it's two or three in the morning. I guess he was probably at the Waffle House again because that's their, their hangout yeah, yeah, spot. Yeah. And he goes, Ken, I'm seeing you all over the news right now, brother. What's going on out there on the front lines? I want to let you know I'm praying for you. What? I'm hoping you make it to your hotel safely. Okay, so let me break that down, okay? When you went in the Waffle House, yep. immediately... You thought you didn't belong. I knew I didn't belong. I didn't think. I was like, I am but, out of my territory. But ultimately, you did belong. I did belong. So how do, how does one get across that great divide where 
they just don't look at an environment and say, is that even possible? Yeah. To walk in. What if I walked into a black club? Mm-hmm. And you would know everyone turned yeah. this way yeah. and was like, what is this guy? What's his story? Right. Right. And there would be an immediate adversarial relationship on both. Yep. Just like us going on the north end to giving somebody a gift. Crossing into a new track. Yeah. Like, like how do you get over that? Yeah. Um, well, I could tell you some people would say, hey, do you guys have a problem? Why are you guys fight? Right? Yeah. Boom. And then yeah. now that conversation would yeah. have never taken place. And all those other people that said, see, all they do exactly. is start trouble. There you go. Now they came into our Waffle House, starting yeah. their trouble, and then now there's an issue in the parking lot. And when we use the, the word pronoun they, what do you think we're meaning? The us versus them. Yeah. Right? That's that's what exists. When whenever we say that and so yeah. we know that exists. But it takes a certain person, mm-hmm. and notice he initiated that. I wasn't going to go talk to them. Hey, I noticed you guys were talking about yeah. me at the board. that. That would be ignorant, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he came over yeah. and he sat down with me. But the next day, him and his buddies are at the Waffle House Praying and they're for looking you. at the TV. That's the guy from last night. And he that's calls a great me. story. And he's like, Ken, we're looking at you that's on the news right now. That's a great story. I've known you all this long. That's the first time you told me the Waffle House story. Certain things have to trigger wow. certain, certain memories. That's and, a good one. For, for me, this one yeah. was we were talking about crossing into new yeah. tribes. And yeah. so that new tribe, it was actually him that did it. But after after that happened, he like we would text back and forth. And he's like, hey, when's the next time you're going to be out this way? We should we should hang out. He's yeah. like, I, I just I feel like there's other people around here that have never met a person like you that I feel like they can yep. benefit from. Yep. And although I've never had the chance to go back over yep. there and hang out with him, I still have, have his number. So so this is why at least I committed, among all the things that I'm doing, to do this episode, not getting paid a dime to do this. Yep. Because I think there's people in the black community that have wanted to ask a police officer or wanted to learn from a police officer's heart why they do what they do, and vice versa. There are people, white or mm-hmm. police, that want to hear from somebody. And I think people are vicariously enjoying the conversation because we're asked, we're answering questions that they're scared to ask. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and opening our hearts to experiences. Yep. That honestly, I think God aligns these moments yep. and these experiences yep. so that they they can be yep. talked about one of the things um sabrina my wife uh what she says uh she says the way you tell stories i visualize them like a movie mm-hmm. and that's a gift right and and sometimes that gift is for moments like this so that people can see themselves yeah. in that same place jesus did it parables exactly right paint the picture that's it so that people can can understand yep. Peace is possible. Unity yep. is is possible, right? So yeah. when we talk about what we, uh, how we reference the work that you do, adding that extra word of serve, protect, yep. and unify. Yeah. Sometimes it's the conversations mm. at, at the bare minimum. If you just strip it all the way down to just the dialogue, yeah, unifies. And so when when people are choosing to join tribes and and no, I'm just gonna stay over here. I'm hoping that people can can realize, and maybe this is for our final thoughts, I'm jumping to it, but I'm hoping that people could realize you can represent multiple tribes, mm-hmm. even if you don't look like the other people that are in that tribe. You don't have to say, nope, I align myself with just this and I don't do That's anything right. else, right? right? Because some people would have never got to the point of having that conversation with someone who looked totally hmm. different than them actually made them uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable even as he was approaching 
my table. Right. Because I was like, something's about to go down. Right. And I knew I shouldn't have been here tonight. That's how I was feeling. And, and later on, did you, did you, were you disappointed in yourself for even thinking that? No, no, it was valid. It was a valid thought. I knew I shouldn't have been so here. So let me, let me tell you a scenario and then I want to bring it back. So in one of the protests that, that happened after the Flint protest, because we did 40 of them just in 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one in a, in a predominantly white city mm-hmm. within the county. And as I, I was there, not as a marcher at that point, I was there part of security, part of keeping them safe, because it created such a, a frenzy to be a part of protest mm-hmm. in this area. I mean, media was everywhere. Anyhow, I was in the tail end purposely, because I it wasn't about me. It was yeah. about the action, which took on life of its own. So anyhow, I'm coming down to Main Street, take a left, and there's three white dudes, and they're all in like, like mid-60s. Mm-hmm. And uh, they hollered from the curb, and I was probably like 15 yards from them. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, are you Sheriff Swanson? I said, yeah. He said, uh, you're the problem. And I said, and how was that? Like, I'm in my street, right? It's 98 degrees. It's 530 in the afternoon. It's been a, a whole summer of just contention. And I said, yeah, why is that? He said, because you're marching with them. I said, who's them? Yeah. And I knew what I was asking, mm-hmm. and I knew what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, this is the reason why we can't support you. We never answered, because I knew who them were, and they knew yeah. who them were. Yeah. And I said, well, listen, I'm here to keep your city from burning down. Yeah. Just think of that. And I kept on walking. Yeah. So even though our hearts have a desire to unify, there are times that unity just can't happen because mm-hmm. there are extremes that they don't want yes. to unify. yes. Just like, and I use the example where I said I bring it back to the Waffle House, the one guy represented a group of how many total? Four? Yeah, there's four guys. What about the other three? Maybe they chose not to come mm-hmm. over to see you or sit down at the table because they don't want the unity. And the leader came over. I'm thinking, we have to use good discernment mm-hmm. as to when it's, I, if I approached those three guys on the curb, it would have been a confrontation. And yes. now, now the divide is even greater. Yes. You have to have good judgment as to when to do that. Mm-hmm. Or you could have said when that guy sat down at the Waffle House, listen, bro, I don't want any trouble. I didn't want to talk. You need to leave. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't even have known that he was going to come down and ask you questions. Yeah. 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 Imagine if I was like that. Like, look, man, I'm just trying to eat my food. I don't I don't need any yeah, of this. Please, no. And then, no, no. And then boom, now it, 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 inc- yeah. it increases the divide yeah. between us because he's yeah. like, dang, I was trying to extend the olive branch yeah. and, and, and just That happened to me at another protest. I went up to somebody and I gave him a high five and it was a white guy and his two kids. He goes, not you, man. Not you. Yo. Okay. Yes. So look, watch this. So there was a time and I, it, it's actually even captured on video where... Um, we were in Washington, D.C. It was the Unite the Right rally. This was after um, uh, Heather Heyer had been killed in, in the alley there. Yeah, run uh, over. In Charlottesville, right? yep. yep. And then, like, the next week, there was a rally being put on by the alt-right again. And so, when Antifa and BLM, they were out there protesting, and then they get confronted by the police, there was a guy, or the police had come in, and they started pepper spraying people in the crowd, and there was a guy who got pepper sprayed really bad, and I went over there to go help him out. There was a few officers that, that joined me, because they noticed how bad he, he had yeah. done the spray, right? And so, they were, they were holding them up, and they were like, should we call the paramedics or whatever? And so I'm walking away, and then um, there was uh, there was two guys that mm-hmm. had walked up to me, and um, one of the brothers he he had given me uh, like a handshake or whatever, and then his boy that was next to him, I did the exact same thing. I postured my hand to say what's up, and he was like, "Not you, bro. You're a coon." And I said, Who, "A white guy said or a black guy?" He was a black dude. He goes, "Not you, bro. You be out here cooning." And I go, yo, okay. So now for the listeners, you got to explain that. Yeah. So so to him. 
he he saw it as cooning like you um it's almost like calling someone a bootlicker or kissing up to their master or kissing up to their oppressor or, or whatever. Traitor. Like a traitor, just someone, nah, you're on, you're on the other side, right? And so he, he had said like literally to my face, this was, it's mm. on video, it's on my YouTube channel. I go to give him five and he goes, nah, man, you be cooning out here. And so I immediately, I got upset. And there's very few times I yep. get taken out of character. And I go, okay, so I'm a coon or I'm an Uncle Tom because you, with your camera, as your own brother was being pepper sprayed by the police. And you were doing nothing. You went in taking pictures, watching your brother go down like that. I step in and go and lift him up off of the ground. The officer noticed that and he came in and he helped him up as well and was asking him if he needed the ambulance. But I'm the coon when actually... The actual coon is the person who is watching and taking photos of their brother being destroyed on the ground. That was a photo op moment for you. Did you say all this to him? I said it's all on, on video, the, the, yeah. the dialogue that was captured. And so then we start, we continued walking and talking. And the entire time, you're hearing me at a completely different decibel than how I usually speak because I was just so enraged yeah. that he would talk to me like that. His boy felt totally different. But it's interesting how you can have two friends walking right mm. there alongside each other yep. and one friend is like, yo, chill. Why is he talking to the frogs yep. guy like this? And then the other guy is like, nah, man, but for real, I've seen you in some other videos and you've and The you've guy that got the sprayed. No, no, the guy got sprayed. He went to the hospital. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the guy who called me a coon. Okay. So we're, the three of us are walking and talking. So it's, okay, you, the guy who called you the name, who's the third person? Uh, I missed that. His boy that I had handshaked. Oh, from. okay, 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 okay. I, I got it. And he's All like, right. yo, free hugs guy. Got it, and okay. So that was the only thing. So you're talking I, to two guys that are polar opposite of what they feel about and you. And they're friends, mm -hmm. right? And so one of them was excited to see me, gave yep. me a high five. He's yep. like, I've seen you. And so that was the only reason why I gestured yep. to give his boy a, a, a high five. And his boy was like, nah, exactly the way that, that yeah. they did you. And then he called me that name. Yeah. And so I got really upset and I had to not only defend myself, but call him out. How dare you use that term yeah. when you literally just watched your brother get taken down by the police. And for you, you wanted those photos on social media. For me, I didn't care about any of that on social That's media. Right. He was suffering on the ground, like mm. literally screaming and crying on the ground so much that not only I recognized it, but one of the officers was like, he got it bad. So was he following you or were you following him? We were all following no, the chaos. When you were started walking. Oh, he started following me because I was going off on him by that point. Because I, I was like, look, don't ever make assumptions about someone without understanding. You're judging me by one clip that you've seen. Yep. Yet the difference between you and I yeah. is that you will watch your brother get stomped yep. down and take a photo of it, get sprayed and suffer on the ground yep. and take a photo of it, and then try and call someone else out. We're getting the clock right now. Um, and so, so to know that we... So how did it end? And then I got another question about the Uncle Tom. Why do why do they why do you use that term? I don't understand. Um, it's it's a way to demean someone who sometimes people don't even understand the impact or extent when when they use that word, right? That for the sake of being a a peacekeeper, they will call you that. They call Dr. King the same thing. I mean, you're talking about the book Harriet Beecher Stowe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, oh, so, no, but the, the term, it, it just became a slang term. Okay, does it have anything to do with the story of Uncle Tom's Cabin? Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. sure how it became the slang so, but term. But it's a slang term that black uses on black? On black. It's a demeaning term of um, you, Sell out. You, side the, uh, you side the oppressor or um, or like a term that would you, like you would have been a house Negro during during um, slavery, it. right? You'd be working in the house while everybody else is outside that seemed working to be, in the field. That seems to, like if, if the rules reverse, that would be like the ultimate insult, especially... That's that, why I got so upset. Got it. I was really upset by yeah. it because, especially in that moment, to call me that they would they would say that I'm doing that simply by us having that this conversation. Hmm. I'm sure there are people in the black community that would refer to this as "Nah, you're cooning." Hmm. How? Well, we can, and we've talked about that. There's people in my community that uh, that have you know called me a sympathizer and all this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, to what? Yeah, sympathizer to unity. Yeah, yeah. and I guess that's what I am. And that's what it is, right? Yeah. And so, and I and I take that word even though I feel like I have to defend myself yeah. against it but I'm like yeah. if that's what I will be referred to for trying to improve mm-hmm. relations between mm-hmm. you and who you see as your oppressor or someone who would kill you then then I'll I'll take that yeah. right yeah. then consider this work whatever you want to call it but I I know what I'm seeking to accomplish with it, just yeah. as well as Dr. King, when he was being called those same things, didn't allow it to stop him from the work that he wanted to do. Goes back to our episode just prior about personalizing it. Yeah. And, uh, but there is sometimes to, to defend you have righteous to. anger. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. There's other times you're like, hey, you know, take care. But, you know, you bring up something that um, we talk about tribes, you talk about all this stuff and, and you know, how to pick and choose. And uh, what happened there, that, that personal thing, uh, a movement can be bigger than that. Yeah. And the things like well, we're doing separately, we're doing independently. If, if somebody has divided a line mm-hmm. and they cross over for whatever reason and uh, they decide to, to want to go back to where they, they were and they start to get all, um, they get attacked mm-hmm. from, their, from their own place. How does one get past the personal they can always it can get into hatred where you start hating people to the point where you're obsessed by them and, and you just continue to to create more divide you get on social media you you start just trolling and all that how, how, how does one say you know what I, I gotta stop I'm losing control yeah uh, whether it's like I said you you cross over a different tribe or you you get attacked on something and you want to respond like what if you didn't let that argument stop and you're still going at it yeah um, it's like I, personal controls that you have to have absolutely yeah I, I think that that self-control to to know that you've stated your piece and and you left it there um, I noticed that when I called him out and how upset I was, I was like, okay, so so I'm the coon mm-hmm. when you're the one taking pictures. And in his response, he immediately started stuttering. And even while he was stuttering, I wouldn't even let him finish. I was like, whatever you're about to say right now, yeah. I don't want to hear. It. And I just continued Because he expected you to just take it. Yeah, like exactly. And so and sometimes, again, it's, it's back to that peaceful warrior. There is a warrior side to the peacekeeper as That's well. That's right. Right? And so I'm not going to yep. allow you to insult me in my face when yep. I know that what I just did was yep. the right thing to do and what you did was the cowardly thing to do. So that I goes. tell him that. That goes in, in law enforcement. You mm-hmm. know, protect, serve, and unify. You know, there are times to protect, and protect means bear the sword. That's the warrior. And, 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 a, and a police officer has the constitutional right to take a life. 
Yep. I mean, that's the ultimate protection. Mm-hmm. And there's time to serve. There's times to serve people that have been involved in accidents, serve people that are in medical emergencies, and there's a time to unify. And it's our job to know what one to use based on the circumstance that you have. If I'm supposed to protect, but I'm unifying, someone's getting killed. Yeah. If I'm trying to unify and I start using force, someone's getting killed. We mm-hmm. saw that this whole weekend. Yeah. Um, Sharonda was an example of, of breaking those barriers down. Absolutely. And you have to be intentional to do that. Absolutely. Like that guy you talk about, Waffle, he had to be intentional to come over. Yeah. That took a lot of guts on his Absolutely. part. Absolutely. No, I think that guy was was awesome. And I, I hope that he watches these these episodes because I, I think people like yeah. that deserve recognition. Do you have his contact number? Anymore? I do. I have his, his phone number. And it's funny because I have him in there as Waffle House country guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the so Waffle House country you know, guy. It's hard to understand his accent yeah. sometimes because of how, how deep his, his accent was. Do you know, in, in what we've done the last year with Unity and all that, my biggest critics of what I'm doing People are not from just black. like you. Police officers yeah, that are yeah. white. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with, yeah. with my work. Yeah. Sometimes it's... Uh, and those people don't belong in our field. And that goes back to like, we. You know, there's a big conversation of personal bias. You know, like the big thing to divide into law enforcement in the community was defund the police. Mm-hmm. Remember I talk about those sides and it gets you angry? Right after the George Floyd protest, about two weeks after, I don't know where it came from, but somebody made the statement defund the police and it just spread like wildfire. And it wasn't about that. I never took it personal. Mm -hmm. And people were, I mean, that was getting called the second wave of all the media was, what do you think about defund the police? I'm like, you can't do that. It's like defund farmers. Mm -hmm. Like we've got to grow food and eat. You can't do that. But I said, you can defund inept and uh, uh, destructive leadership within police ranks that are causing a divide among the nation. Get somebody in there that can do it right. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a problem defunding people that shouldn't be in law enforcement. Absolutely. But uh, that, that narrative... On the heels of the racial split, oh my gosh, that exploded. And I'd have cops. This drove me nuts. You know, that's it. I'm turning my badge in. You know, we don't get the support. I'm like, I've seen it on social media. This is where you. Yeah. This is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. This is where we shine. Absolutely. You can't just drop your weapon and go run when the bullets start flying. Yeah. And that drove me nuts because I'm like, of all the things, this is where you have to take this to show that we are. We are the sword bearers. Absolutely. We're the people's guardian. So it drove me nuts. I look at it as. It's almost like the economy. And when economy goes down, the strong will survive. Mm-hmm. Same thing when it comes to law enforcement. But if you run with your tail tucked because yeah. somebody's going to sue you or somebody says something bad about you, you should have been in a job in the first exactly. place. And if you bring that mess from your own personal life into, into the field, mm-hmm. which is another conversation I just had last month with the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Republic, about personal bias, whether it's a, 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 a tattoo of a Nazi symbol mm-hmm. or whether it's somebody makes statements on their social media that's part of law enforcement, I told him, I said, listen, we're just not eight to five people. Yeah. What we have a general order in our own office that it is it covers what we do off duty and on duty. And it's bringing the office of sheriff in disrepute. Like, yeah. don't do anything even when you're home. I don't care if you're in Miami or Butte, Montana. Don't do anything to tarnish the bag or you'll be disciplined. Yeah. We're a field that has to do that because we represent all the time yeah. law enforcement. And uh and I, I made the comment to the media, I said I have great concerns if somebody has a personal bias that ch- changes the way they do their job mm. or even impacts their decision of how to protect, serve, and unify. I don't want them in my PD. Yeah. I want them out because they're the problem. Yeah. And they're the ones that are going to create the narrative that creates dividing people. They're the ones that are going to be on the back of the necks. They're the ones that are going to shoot people in the back and then plant a taser on them. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to steal from people at a death scene. Not, uh-huh. I have no problem firing and charging people that wear a badge because they're not who we are. They yeah. just wore the same uniform. 
Yeah. And, and when we talk about how sometimes people get, get roped into uh, those things, uh, I think it was in the last episode when we were talking about how you have to make sure that you're representing that all the time because that one bad experience yep. can paint the picture for now everyone that wears yep. that same logo or that same symbol or, or marker. So, so people have to be cautious of those interactions mm-hmm. that you're not just representing you as an individual, but your entire brand, your entire yep. movement. And, and so I think that's important that yep. when you, when you talk about, you don't want anyone in your ranks that, that carries themselves in, in that yep. sort of a way that that is extremely important that people have to, understand it's not just about you man like sometimes when people are like okay i screwed up yeah but no you didn't just screw up for you you screwed up for the entire group everyone there and cops they're the worst i love the sirens this is home (laughs) but uh and and we're gonna do our final thoughts here in the next but that's what police um they are the worst at admitting they're wrong and when I say they, that's us. Mm-hmm. There's nothing bad about coming out and saying, listen, we made this error, we made this, this is how we're correcting it. The public can understand that. Yeah. But when you come out saying we did nothing wrong, no comment, not all the details, I'm like, it's an immediate divide. So I tell you what, this episode, my final thoughts are this. It's easy to stay in groups where Chris is comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's easy to stay in groups where Chris has the pack mentality to defend as a group because it's it's more of them or it's more of us than them and we're gonna be tough and we're gonna be there and we're gonna win. You can do that, yeah. but you're not unifying anything. And, and your whole life is gonna be segmented. You won't be able to cross a street. You won't be able to go to this group or that group. My final thought is if you're out there right now, seek a group that you're not comfortable with yeah. and go to the Waffle House yeah. and sit down at a table and say, hey, listen, can we talk? Yeah. That's how you unify. Absolutely, absolutely. Your final yeah, thought my, and close this out. My final thought is, may we all aspire to be like the Waffle House country guy. Yeah, right? man. To see someone that we don't understand, certain tattoos, yeah. certain hairstyles or or whatever, and, and find an appropriate time, especially if you think they noticed you looking at them, yeah. right? To say, I don't want that person, because I think that's probably, and I think he even said that too, I noticed you noticed that we were looking at you mm. and I didn't want you to leave here uncomfortable Safe. thinking we were saying bad things about you. We were talking about the yeah. logo and and what that represented so, and I wanted to know. Waffle House country guy, we love you. Absolutely. I don't know who you are, but I hope one day I get to meet you. Yeah, man, that's a good that's a good man. <laughs> See you next time. That's a good man. See you guys.